Wheel, Kipper, and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. What's going on here? You know how many times I've lost this thing? I am Nick Kiprios. He is Justin Bourne. We are real Kipper and Bourne. Wherever you're joining us, Sportsnet 590, the fan. We're live and in color on our YouTube channel and Sportsnet now. You're subscribing on iTunes and Spotify. We are glad you are aboard. Riley Smith tied the game last night with a shorthanded goal and scored the overtime winner as the Golden Knights beat the Toronto Maple Leaf, the Leafs for their eighth straight win. And JB, why is it always somebody from like the Toronto area? Riley Smith mm -hmm. is from where? Mimico or Etobicoke? Just Here. sticking it to the Leafs, Sammy. This drives, this goes into the theory that people in Toronto have that. Toronto boys come home, give it their give it their all. They get a better effort. They see tougher opponents because they the boys come home and give it their best. Are you figured <laughs> out over here yet? You want me to come uh, in there, buddy? Stitching yourself a new. I'm battling. Okay, uh, I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah, it's it's the Super Bowl for these guys. They're coming home. They're and one Riley chance Smith to come to Toronto. Super Bowl. Yeah, and boy. what was uh, JB telling me just before the show? You went out with Riley Smith. No, I didn't. No, no, no. What? Sam, what was he it? Was out oh, no, no, lights with no, it's not true. Okay, a couple guys on my beer league team are buddies with oh, Riley Smith, and they no. missed our Monday Sammy. night game. See, Sammy, Sammy's missed, like a friend of a friend. No, I know. Not even yeah. a friend of a friend. I heard, of I heard somebody Riley Smith went out. Knows Riley Smith, and he said, "Is that the type of guy you are, Sammy?" No. <laughs> I got two, two of my friends that I play hockey okay. with every Monday. We're maybe out with them, and that. And I had an over, hey, important. overtime winner on Monday night for me, by the way, at, at Beer League. First no. career. He had an yeah. OT winner, yeah. yeah. First career overtime Followed winner. Followed up by an, a brawl. Okay. Right into yes. a brawl because his teammate decks him. Okay. Okay. You what want to tell beast. us? You, you want to tell us a little bit about the goal? Before? No, ah, it was, was it Riley Smith backhand ish? Yeah, it was in overtime. It, it, not gonna lie, it was backhand top cheese. But have you guys scored overtime winners? I got. I have one like almost every year no. in my career. I have a bunch. You never scored one, Kip? Ah. I don't know if I had one. You had sixty-two in the O. You didn't get yeah, one in the no, overtime. No, no, I had, I had, I had a few there, but those don't really count. I have a remarkable uh, run of OT winners on fan shots, <laughs> where it's like I didn't do what I was trying to do, but still scored. Got yeah. to get in the right place. You got sometimes. a bit of an Engvall build. Do you, do you skate like him? <laughs> oh my god! That I actually Engvall build. That guy's built like Zeus. What's going on in listen, the listen, control boys, room? Listen, boys. There, there is lanky. I see Engvall is lanky. He's lanky. There may or may not be video of the overtime winner. Um, I won't show it to anybody, but I have it in my heart that I know that it, what it looked like. Thanks for not, watching. And uh, <laughs> I am a awful skater. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised you, you went to the back end. Uh, yep. Anyways, yeah. off about me. Okay. Uh, if it's all about wins and points... Pretty good run now by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know we're going to break down what we liked and what we didn't like. That's all we do on this show every day. <laughs> it's literally why, why they hired us. Why, why anything different today? Yep. But they found a way to get a point. And uh, did Vegas earn the extra point or did the Leafs give it away? Well, here's actually a good time to bring up something interesting. Since the start of last season, 
with Matthews, Marner, and Morgan Riley on the ice in overtime. Three on three, some of the best players on earth. They have been outscored eight to one. Well, it's not good. Eight goals against for Matthews, Marner, and Riley, 1-4. Does that shock you? Are you floored? You look like you're not going to fall out of your seat over that. That floored me. Uh, go big or go home. Is that their mentality? Is that the They're th- going home an awful right? lot. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, That's atrocious. Atrocious. Uh, why? Why is that? Why? Well, give me your theory. Because they cheating, get paid cheating, a lot of money. Cheating. They get paid a lot of money to score and to be difference makers and to win. And I think last night was another prime example of we're out here to win. We're out here to get that goal. Yeah. And uh, you should be, as you get older and you're more experienced, you probably should be better at picking your spots better. Mm -hmm. But... I think last night off the off the draw, they were all horned up to go get the winner. They were. I, you know, talking with Sammy about it before the show. Like, would you want to just put Brody out there when it's Marner and Matthews yeah, what, and let them do their thing? What what's do you, your ideal three well, to well, start here, it over? This is worth noting. When Matthews and Nylander are together, the Leafs have four game winners, four and zero okay. against. If, if we're right into this subject, then you, you tell me. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're a student of, of the game. It's a three on three. Mm-hmm. And Riley Smith ends up looking like Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. Is what the, the hell? Heston's that? the gun guy, right? He's the, he's, that's when the, that's all that's I know when him the as. sea parted. Oh, oh yeah, duh, duh. Okay, I'm are you idiot. with me here? No, no, you're right. I'm dumb. Continue. <laughs> all right, the parting of the Red Sea. Yeah. And Riley Moses Smith goes in. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? I did see. I did see a, a lost battle. Uh, I did see probably Marner cheating a little bit off of Carlson mm. at the top of the blue line. But I also saw, you know, Matthews doing big loops out there as well. And Morgan taking away the boards. But is that the right play, taking away the boards? I will say, because the way overtime is now, it's much more like basketball. Like, you get your possession, you take it to the offensive side, you work it around, you look for a way in, you take your shot, and then you back up. You know what I mean? Like, it's not back-and-forth hockey like it used to be. I'm not sure I see the Toronto Maple Leafs have to wipe not much snow off their blades in OT. There's a lot of just continue on, keep your momentum, keep your speed up, and hope you get it. Uh, Stops and starts not at a premium. Don't you, with Riley, and listen, I don't think Riley had his best game last night. We can probably talk about him specifically. But to me, if you're putting out Marner and Matthews on the first, the first guys As over the board, should. which I think is the correct call, right? Don't you think? I know it's three on three. I know it's a bit of a crapshoot, but there's going to be two on ones. There's going to be odd man rushes. Don't you want a guy that's able to defend those? Well, because didn't they used to put Hall out. I think they used to put Hall out with those guys. I need to look into that. But I do ju- you think they should practice this? Because it's not something I ever saw teams practice in my experience. It just doesn't but. seem that Riley is his natural ability is to defend two on ones, which we saw Ugh. in the Riley with the Riley Smith yeah. shorty. I, when there's odd man rushes guaranteed, I want a guy out there who's good at defending because well, it's going to happen. Think about the overall thought, though, when you're starting in overtime, whether you're the Leafs or the Edmonton Oilers, mm. and you've got Marner and Matthews on one side, you've got Drysidle and McDavid on the other side. 
the first thought is who's on the other side stopping those guys. It's not the other way around. The mentality is that these guys are coming after you and the team on the other side has to defend and, and, and hopefully last 45 seconds to a minute to get to the second shift where they're off the ice. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if, you know, do you, do you battle that with just a, a Brody? I mean, you're paying Morgan Riley $7.5 million. There's nothing that Brody should be able to do that Morgan can't do to well, start just that so overtime. different stylistically, though, right? Like, Riley's different, up the rink every chance he gets. Yeah. Brody never is. But Brody can snap a break. Make, yeah, he can snap a breakout They got to make that adjustment, in my opinion. You know, like, Morgan Riley is a wonderful hockey player, um, but I have made the case in the past that I think he's limited in certain ways. I think the power play is one of them. Three and three OTs. Uh... Well, we're going to get into that. Okay. We're going to get into a ton here, but uh, we're going to go a little different direction off the top. No Sheldon Keefe. Let's go to Mitch Marner oh, here. Curveball. On the Golden Knights. Um, just their speed off the puck. Um, I get a lot of guys up ice, beat a lot of guys up ice. Uh, they're very good with their passes and getting it quick up to Todd Man rushes against and kind of find those little holes for two-on-ones or breakaways and stuff like that. And, um, as a team, we just didn't do a good, jo- good enough job of holding down the middle and um, making them kind of work around us. All right, so rushes against. You know, this is a major strength of this Vegas team. You know, they're third in the NHL in, in rushes uh, generated, third in the NHL in slot shots created of rushes. They create everything off the rush. They're a quick strike team. Did you see that last night? Yeah, I, I, I do, and, and I'm not... I want to get into that for sure, but I'm just listening to Mitch Marner's comments and there's a sense, and I'm not saying that he's doing this conscientiously, not at all, or he's, you know, but I want to, I want, I want to hear it again. And I want to hear stuff that he says that Vegas is really good at. And I kind of get the sense is he's, he's saying it subconsciously. This is the stuff that we're not good at yet. Okay. Can we hear it one um, more just time? Just speed off the puck. Um, I get a lot of guys up ice, beat a lot of guys up ice. Uh, they're very good with their passes and getting it quick up to Todd Man rushes against and kind of find those little holes for two-on-ones or breakaways and stuff like that. And, um, as a team, we just didn't do a good, jo- good enough job of holding down the middle and um, making them kind of work around us. See, I don't – I think speed is an issue with the Leafs still. Mm-hmm. And I think getting the puck up ice is an issue there. Mm-hmm. I think taking away the middle of the ice is an issue there. And I think that's kind of what we saw last night a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And maybe to what you had just said prior to that. Mm-hmm. That this is a team that they needed to, that does it well. Yeah, I mean, it is something that with the Leafs, you would think they should do well. Right, You look at the talent that they have up front and the speed and the amount they've scored in the past. It doesn't feel like they're as dangerous off the rush. So you've heard Sheldon Keith say the same things about this team, about getting the puck up and getting out of our zone and making the first pass. Maybe the D, that's still an area that they could be a little bit better at. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm watching a lot of uh, Canucks video uh, today, just like going over what's going on with their systems. Their D, are, or so their forwards are really bad at 
slowing the other team down, at being above, at being defensive, and making it tough to come through you. And I think the Leafs at their very best do that really well, by and large, but I didn't see that last night. I felt that last night, to Mitch's point, the middle was open. They were able to come flying out of the zone. No, like, you know, little cross-checks behind the play to slow them down. Vegas was able to get too much speed through the middle. They're huge. They Large team. They are, and I think, I think we got a sample of that in what the first 45 seconds of the game. Um, I want to play maybe uh, Sheldon Keefe on the turnovers because we, we, we saw a few that, that led to goals. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on turnovers. That's turnovers. Every one of them, you look at it, we have the puck to support happens. It's not, it's not even a defensive thing. It's, you can't defend when you give the other team the puck in bad spots and they can counter with a ton of speed. You don't even get a chance to, to defend. Uh, and they have, they do it as good as anybody in the NHL. And we saw that in Vegas and uh, certainly you know, played into it again here tonight, whether it was kind of whiffing on some pucks in the first period that gave them freebies. And in the second, it was, it was harder to get to the neutral zone and they were coming quick. But like I said, we got through that. Shelly made some great saves for us. And then uh, I thought we were excellent the rest of the way in the second period. And that's why we're in a position to win the game. And that's why we get a point. Okay. Who's he talking about? Whiffing. <laughs> Rasmus. Rasmus. <laughs> and Timothy. 45 name. seconds in. Yeah. And that, that's a gift. Now. Yeah. That I was really atrocious. Just, just to go to Sammy's point of, how did you frame it again? They're really big. Mm-hmm. They're just big. They're big. Big and fast. William Carrier who I think might be regarded as uh, my favorite fourth-line left winger. Mm -hmm. He is huge, and he can drive it to the net. Probably has hands of stone, but... He'd be on the second line if he didn't. 45 seconds in, you got Rasmus Sandin. All he has to do is get the puck in deep. Mm -hmm. And it blew up like a grenade. (laughs) On him. Bad, yeah. Now, to Sammy's point, is that just Rasmus looking at William Carrier and going, um, this guy might be tipping the Toledo at about 245 pounds here. Like, I mean, I, do I really want this guy running into me? Yeah. Do you think that might have had a little bit to do with it on, on well, the play? He hurried. Yeah. He, you know, he sensed that he was coming. Yeah. That's the thing that I think we're still, you know, I, everyone says, and I've heard you say it too, that like we struggle to quantify certain things, right? Stats can't tell us everything, of course. And that is one of those things where it's like, how often does a guy rush a play because of previous contact or because of intimidation or because of the other team being a certain way? Certainly that could be a factor in it. Sandine right now, it's just, you know, it's, it's part of his season to date where, you know, he didn't get there right away. He didn't hit the ground running, slow kind of out of the gates. And we've seen good players struggle, but it's tough to look at his season so far and not see disappointment, really, that he's not been able to be better. That's a crusher for the Leafs coming in against a good team. Yeah. And then, you know, hits a skate on the back check. Yarncroc yeah. overskates the net. And and they rebounded. They came back in this game. Yep. But, like, yeah. you can't going down that early against them. So the other the other thing that bothered me on that goal was it wasn't it wasn't William Carrier going in and burying it. Uh 
and it wasn't even uh, the second guy to the net. Kolasar ended mm-hmm. up either overskating it or didn't find it, and he overshot the net, went to the far post. And then it was Nicholas Waugh who buries it. Mm-hmm. And if you take a good look, and I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Bunting, yeah. but that's one of those back checks where you take a good look yeah, for I'm me while I speak. Yep. But the sense is sometimes when you're back checking that you know you, you you can't get back and catch anybody. Right. But you don't go back. You're not skating back to catch the puck carrier. You're 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 skating back for trailers. The next wave, yeah. And I don't know if it was bunting or not, but I saw somebody start it's coasting in. It's bunting, yeah. Do you get a back uh, a rear view look at it? Yeah, it's bunting. Some, he's is he is he coasting in? Could he have had Nicholas Waugh on the back check if he pulled the Mitch Marner and just started chucking, chugging his legs? Yeah, I think it would have been possible. You know, we've, we've got th- a good I, angle here. I think it was possible. I do. So when you, you look, do. look back up the ice, you got him in the middle. Yeah, for sure. He's okay. in train tracks. Yeah. And that that has to be addressed. Yeah. That stuff has to be keep addressed. Coming, keep coming, keep Those coming. Those are the little things that you know, on, on many occasions, you know, you're as, as good as sometimes your your analysts are they just they just don't pick that up but that mm-hmm. has to be a, a priority message on 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 a day like today yeah. for bunting is that you're never too late to come back nicholas waugh was the third guy particularly at that part of the order you're a third line guy or fourth line guy or whoever you want to classify it you know you're going to play 13 minutes of the game you maybe go hard for all of them. So, yeah, certainly a worthwhile note on the back check there. Outside of that, I think even under uh, a couple of games now, it's clear that there is a, a different feel on the back end with Timothy of the lily pad. World's greatest D-man, yeah. Right? For Two sure. goals. You and never, not easy. You, that you, offhand you, one-timer, that's a tough shot to hit. We, we never looked one. at... Uh, Lilligren is any type of threat, but this guy likes to shoot the puck. Yeah. And he's and he's getting himself more and more in positions to do that. Yeah. We we talked about this last night on Leafs Talk, but it's more of a willing shooter aspect for the defensive core for the Leafs who don't mm-hmm. seem to have a ton of guys who are super willing to blast it. Like you think of, you think of Riley loves to dust it off. TJ Brody doesn't really shoot it that well. Hall can't shoot it. Hall doesn't shoot it. I guess Sandine will shoot it, but it doesn't feel like the puck's on his stick enough to, yeah. to shoot it. Yeah. I think he senses an opportunity here. And well, he, that, like the first one was, like you said, a that's blast. That's coming across this way. The second one, from... Marner put it on a dream pillow for him. That was just He's disgusting. He's to Riley, though, yeah. and Riley with a dummy play yeah. is unbelievable. But I just, I, it's nice to see on the decor a guy that is just willing to hammer it towards the net. Yeah. You know, one of the things that Sheldon said, and it's a clip we don't have today, but it was on a previous show that we did play, is he talked about Lilligren being a great offensive player when he was young, and then the development in the American League was like, you need to learn how to play other ways. Because lots of guys, and we've talked about it in this show, where lots of guys get to the league and you can't do the same offensive things. So can you play other ways while that other part comes around? Lilligren spent, what, four years in the minors? You know, getting yeah. it sorted out and learning to play and be useful at the, the other end of the puck. And now he's comfortable with, or more comfortable with that aspect of the game. And this offensive element he used to have, you know, has the opportunity to flourish. And to your point, Sammy, because they don't have anyone like him, 
it's an even bigger opportunity for this guy to get involved. It, sorry, Derek, you seen any, do you have that clip? Yeah, why don't we do that? Do you want to play the clip on Lilligren's development? Sure. Absolutely. Let's do that. You know, Lily, through his whole life, had been a, a really dynamic offensive defenseman. You know, and then as he became a, a pro, starting at the AHL level, the offense wasn't as easy to come by. That's uh, taken some time. So really, he had to really get to work and improve his defensive play and really embrace the defensive part of the game. Reality is that's a foundation that gives a lot of defensemen um, an opportunity to play in the league, and then you can build and grow your game from there. And there's very few guys that start the opposite way that are so dynamic offensively that you can just kind of deal with or work on the defensive piece on the right. fly. Um, in most cases, it works the opposite, and you have to have a real good sound defensive foundation. And to me, through his time with the Marlies and then coming up last season, like he's really accepted – you know, that you can play in the league for a really long time being a, a very tough defender, use your skating and your skill to close plays early in the neutral zone and defend the rush, be a good penalty killer. I love See, that. Yeah, and love that. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. And it makes more sense to me that his the, the part of his game still that he needs to work on is body position. Closing plays. And and just overall making safer plays in his own zone. Oh. And <laughs> are you talking about what I think you're talking about last night with him? The turnover? Prime example. Yeah. Prime example. And you know, there is a sense of of the the onus is on you. Mm-hmm. But this is a but here for Lilligren. I am gonna kinda take him off the hook and I'm gonna kinda put it on Sheldon a little bit more. From day one. I have not liked their stretch passes. I do not like that guys are up the ice. Lilligren forced a a launch pass Mm -hmm. that got picked off by Eichel, I think. It ended up on Eichel's stick. It ended up on Eichel's stick. But why are you forcing that pass? And why is he encouraged to make that pass? Has to be. Because every game, we're seeing these stretch passes that lead to nowhere, lead to turnovers. Guys are in traffic. How how many times did I text you going, that's a stupid icing. Mm -hmm. That's a bad icing. Two right at the end of the game. Morgan Riley, awful, and then Giordano, awful. uh, Off of what we think are stretch passes. Mm -hmm. So Lilligren forces one, and it comes back and bites him in the ass. Yeah, it's a good point. If I ever coach an NHL team, it'll be all the little ticky-tacky connectedness, small area stuff. I love the idea of having support for a guy with a puck. And when they're all constantly trying to throw Hail Marys, you end up throwing interceptions, you know, instead of just making these little ultimate Frisbee passes on the way up the ice. Uh, I think that's a fair criticism of the way the Leafs play. It's almost a remnant of the Babcock era Leafs who did a lot of the fly the, the weak side winger out of the zone Never um, liked it back then. No. Don't like it now. And then they did a lot of just tip it in the zone, pass it up, tip it in, go get after it, and now they want to catch it. And But to me, if you stretch and you catch it, you're stopped. You're in traffic. You don't have your momentum anymore. I haven't seen the Leafs generate much off of it, to your point. No. So, yeah, it might be time to bring back the wingers a little bit and come up as more of a five-man unit than this go deep every, uh, every other snap. Bingo. Okay, uh... Touch on the power play here. Still not sharp. No. Where are they in the league? 
By the way, I feel the need to mention that we're dressed like Zelensky of Ukraine right now, both of us. I feel like we have a lot of style days like this where we do this. You guys are matching big time. Well, we're a team. We are team. Oh, <laughs> united that. for us. We were in our camping outfits the other day. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> right. when, Wednesday unis. <laughs> okay. These are Wednesday unis. <laughs> That's right. So we were talking about the power play. I'm sorry. I just needed to get that out there. Okay. Um, um, let, let's play. go to Sheldon's thoughts on the power play, and then we'll pick it up from there. Well, it certainly changes the score of the game, but it, it, it's really based on the, what's happening on, on the power play. The number of breakouts, to me, they, they had a breakout at a, right about a minute or a minute of five or something like that. They went back to breakout. That's a line change, and they got to get off there. Um, but we've talked to them about that. And sometimes you got to, unfortunately, go through something like that. And, uh, you know, to have that reminder that ends up lasting you a season. So... Um, I'm confident that won't happen again. And, of course, a lot of criticism on a shorthanded goal late, fairly late in the third period that uh, essentially took away the the, the win. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Morgan defend that rush a little better, right? Pick one of the two things, you know, force something, pressure something. I understand he's not the one to blame for that. I, I want to. It was a crazy carom, though. Yeah, he was already in a bad spot. You're right. And it, it, it was it Nylander there that tried to save it and ended up going straight onto a, a stick. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The criticism about the ice time thing is interesting to me. Um, the over, overextending themselves yeah. on the power play. He says, "What? It's a minute, minute five. Come off the ice. Come, don't want that one. Change. Don't want the last rush. Right. So." You know, often I think people will hear that and go, all the for top units get a minute and a half or leave the guys out there for a minute and a half. It's common. It's McDavid. It's Ovechkin. Yes, it's common if you're in the O-zone. You're in the O-zone. It's going well. You're staying there. You're passing it around. We'll leave you out there. It's a great after, point. After a minute, you don't try and reestablish it at that point. You're a minute in. Yeah. I'm. That's particularly egregious. And they do that a lot. I... It kind of goes to my theory in overtime. I think these guys have been around. Marner and Matthews been long, around long enough saying, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making, what, 11 and a half sheets? The other guy's at 11. Uh, we know if we lose, we know if we get knocked out of the first round, we're getting all the blame anyways. I'd rather have it in my hands than anyone else's. I think that we are... At that point, on on a lot of occasions, I that sounds I so and uh, a, there's I nothing you can do. No, I, Sheldon, you can call me all you want, but right. if I feel like I got one more in me, I'm staying out here. Right. You know, I so I, <laughs> I here all day. I guess no. I, no Honestly, I don't, no. I don't mind that take. No, but it's it's not a wrong take, and so yes, I agree. That if that's the case, though, that's a fairly immature way to look at, you know, the way the scenario is. Even in OT saying, um, you know, we're paid to score. We're going to go score. We're the big guys. We're going to go score. It's like they're at the point I, I, now where it's like, yeah, it's I, time to win. I, I think I, th- and I only say that within reason. They're not dumb guys. No. They're not going to they, they've played the game long enough. They're not going to sit there and, and be Golf out there for three minutes or, right. or two minutes. They're going to just do what they think that they're capable right. of doing one more time. I know. And so to your point, Sheldon can't really say, 
Well, you're going to sit here and not play. And Austin Matthews is like, see how long Listen, you don't play me. We've, we, Mitch Marner had one shift. We, so that's what's, what's the worst he's going to do? Bench me for a shift? Because it, he's only done that once all year. Kipper, even if it were a game, even if it were a game, you'd be a guy like Matthews be like, okay, we'll play 82. I still get my money. We're where, still in the same position. Nothing po- changes. Where is this power play right now? Where is it? League-wise, 10th. 10th. Yeah. Okay, it's not horrible, but... It just doesn't seem to be as crisp as you'd expect it to be. For no, they're behind the Seattle Kraken, <laughs> Minnesota Wild. Like they, there's so much talent, you squids? expect better. Sne- sneaky good start to the year. The squids. Yes. Uh, Arizona Coyotes are third in the NHL and, in the PP, by the way. And they're uh, wow. And their PK is 22nd in the league, 76. percent Yeah, so the Leafs special PK teams. Us special teams, and that, a, a lot of that has to do with Muzzin. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I go back to having the same criticisms of the the power play unit that I think they have tons of talented players, but not necessarily the best PP fits. You know, <laughs> I I think Marner and Riley are both guys who are yeah. unbelievable. And you know, it's tenth power play. It's fits. tenth yet. John Tavares has got five power play goals. Austin Matthews Matthews has four, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's great, which Could you, yeah. looks good there. But then you got to go. Oh my goodness, um, Austin Matthews only has like two even, even strength goals. He's currently a hundred and forty fifth in the 14. league. Fourteen, a hundred and forty fifth in the league in even strength goals. Yeah, that, 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 uh, uh. Last year, he was 12th in the NHL in the faceoff circle, 56.2. He's 49% this year. John Tavares. Really? Yeah. Right? Something off, man. John Tavares, three even strength goals in 14 games. Well, those now. are David Kampf numbers. That's it's a little bit of a concern five on five here. For guys. sure. Yeah, I mean, that was Marner's third goal of the year. I think it was Nylander hasn't kept up the pace that he had out of the gates. It's... Even strength scoring is still a struggle for this team. You know, we're talking about, you know, their power play scoring in general for the Leafs. They're still 22nd in the league in goals per game. Like, they don't they don't score a ton. In about 15 minutes, we're going to welcome uh, Stelectricity. He was at the game last night, wasn't he? Yeah, they had him on the station last night. All right. Doing a terrific job on the pre and post game here on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Ryan Leslie in the second hour. We're not nitpicking just... The Toronto Maple Leafs here. <laughs> no, we're Cal- also going to pick nits with the Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> Six straight they've lost. Six straight. And we've gone about 30 minutes, boys, and we've not really uh, touched in, uh, deep into uh, the goaltending situation where people were freaking out on third and fourth st- stringers in net this week. And mm-hmm. like Samsonov, before he got hurt, Shalgreen's uh, not the is the least of their worries right now. He's, yeah, he he did a pretty darn good job of holding them in there. Could the score been three or four one if they buried a few with those odd man rushes or breakaways? Yeah, no, I you know they only gave up twenty shots at least last night, but Shalgreen they weren't easy shots. Like it was uh, Sammy, we were talking before the game about rush chances and all that, and I can see if I can pull it up quickly or not. But I'll just give you the numbers roughly. You know the the Leafs had were up. 10 to 4 in cycle chances, but they were down 10 to 3 in rush chances. So everything that Chalgren saw was a, a rush chance against. That's not an easy game to goaltend where you don't see a lot of pucks, but you do see rushes. All I right. Feel, let's, let's, oh, sorry, let's, I just feel bad for the kids' save percentage. 
because I thought he was excellent last night, and he still four went by him on 20 shots. Right. I want to hear from uh, Shalgren now on, on maybe not being as busy as uh, some other nights. Um, I didn't see a lot of shots. Um, but, uh, yeah, they uh, t- they took uh, advantage of uh, their chances. So, uh, yeah, they, they uh, punished us uh, hard today. It's a tough game to goaltend. Happy to hear the kid's voice. Welcome to the show, Eric Schalgren. Not sure if we've had... Saying, is, is, did you get a little bit of an indirect... Uh, uh, didn't get a lot of shots, but the ones that... They're screaming down at me in breakaways. <laughs> the, the ones that the team gave up were, like, really, really good. Ten dollars for sure. Ten dollars. I don't think he means to do that, though. I think that's, you know, I think he's just stating the facts. Yeah. They were great ace. But he... No goalie could be happy that if you know you're if I'm going to keep my shots down, let's not make sure they're all grade yeah. A. Oh, the dream is to play for the Islanders under trots, where they give up like forty a night, but they're all like you know from the boards or something. That was the opposite last night for poor poor Shawley boy. Sam, are you okay with Shawlgren? I know you weren't. Uh, you're still not thrilled about uh, needing him right now, but thought he was come awesome. On. Thought he was awesome last night. I really did. He kept him in the game. Uh, Early in the period, early in the first period, he made that blocker save on the. I think it was on the head of power play that cross ice redirection. Couple. I think that was was that a, a Eichel, Eichel or Stone, one or the other. And I, he's been good enough. He was good enough for them to win that game last night. I, obviously, not going to kill him on the two on one and the just lovely goal by Riley Smith in overtime. For Riley Smith talk. It was like there's no goal in the net, and I don't say that to be disrespectful <laughs> well, to Shalgren, but just the listen, fake is so good. It was like Marshawn on mean, uh, Samson. With, with the Leafs' luck, it's at least he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> Honestly, but I, I would, Yeesh. I get the feeling, and we can play uh, Keith's clip on Shalgren, but I get the feeling that the coach likes this guy. Just in terms of his calmness, his ability, he's always like, you know what he's it healthy. sounds like to me, Sammy. It sounds like he shows up and plays. Yes, like just, he's around, he's just there, show he up plays, and play. doesn't say much. Yeah, I, I just get the feeling the coach and likes him. Stop what you're supposed to stop. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's on top of being a good guy. Make the simple saves. He's an impressive guy, and that's why I mean, you, you don't want guys to get injured, but you know, he's our, comes in the season as our third goalie, but he's a guy that's has experience in this situation exactly. And you know, last season came up at a time when we were reeling in the, at the goaltending position, and he gave us stability there and confidence. So, uh, you know, um, this is a tough stretch of games here to have to play against elite teams like this with the circumstances. And you know, for his performance like that tonight to give the group confidence and a chance to get a point, that's, that's huge. And there seems to be a sense that they may get help as early as the weekend here with Matt Murray. Yeah. They were asked about it today at practice. He talked about it a couple different ways. Do you want to hear it? Sheldon Keefe on getting Matt Murray back. I thought he looked good. So I thought he took a step in terms of you know, the, the quality of the work he was able to get in today versus yesterday, which is a positive progression. It seems like he got through it fine. So, you know, all that is, is good. He's trending in the right direction, obviously. Uh, in terms of what the plan is going forward, it's just to you know, give him another day tomorrow and and just continue to see how he responds. Uh, you guys know how I feel about this. Uh, this is something that if if you didn't know his history, mm-hmm. his health history, right? 
you go, yeah, that'd be great. Get a few practices in. Good to go Saturday. To push it if if he's not 120% there. <laughs> we have another clip that alludes to that fact. You want oh, to hear the other okay. one? Okay. Let's listen. You know, because he progressed so quickly in the, in the early going that, uh, you know, uh, this weekend was sort of something a couple weeks ago that they were sort of targeting as to as a goal to work toward as long as he continued to progress well. So I think we're, we're on track here. We're just going to have to make sure that we're smart about it and, and that Matt's uh, feeling comfortable, uh, not so much from the physical uh, point of view, but also just that in terms of, you know, stopping the puck and feeling comfortable to play in a game that he's prepared after being, you know, off for so long and this being really his first full practice. Yeah, we don't care how you feel physically. Can you stop the damn <laughs> yeah. puck? We're going to see how he feels, you know, physically, but more importantly, like, can he do the goalie thing? <laughs> can, he, like, can, he, can he, like, stop it? Because that's kind of what we need him to do. Yeah, I mean... It's funny, if you went back and laid last year's headlines over this year, I think you'd be stunned how identical they are. Like, Matthews, slow start, can't score for a little while. Um, you know, they had the similar things with Marner. Wasn't uh, it over by now, though? With Matthews? Well, just the slow start and all yeah, that. The Leafs had... It was. They, they, they had turned it around. They were well into their 15-2. and two. Yeah, well, they were 2-4-2 two, and two or something to start. So after 14 games, they might have been, you know, a bunch of wins tacked onto that. So, yeah, they were going the right direction. Matthews was starting to score. You know, you can make the case now Matthews is starting to score. Um, you know, the goal, the Marner thing was in the headlines, and then it was now the goaltending thing. And it was Peter Mrazek. Peter Mrazek pulls a groin, and they're like, yeah, he's come along progressing. They were going to get weeks. him two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. They put him in super early, right? They put Mrazek in early, and then Mrazek went in, and his groins exploded like frozen rubber bands. And then, it, you know, off we went again. So I am all in favor of pushing guys to be, you know, fight through it. Little pain's okay, yada, yada. Goalies and groins and goalies with injury history. Ooh. At this time of year, too? Yeah. It's still so early, I guess. To they... get a guy in who's maybe not better than Chalgren? <laughs> it's scary. I mean, no joke. You put Shalgren in every game the rest of the year and Murray in every game the rest of the year, 50-50 for me on who would be better. I think that's fair. Is that fair? Uh, no, I, I I, look at the the mental aspect of it, mm -hmm. and I don't think I want to put Shalgren in a position to have to try to win a Stanley Cup in a city that's waited almost 60 years. No, no, thank you. I'd rather go with the guy that's done it before. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that from a Stanley Cup chasing perspective. I just, I guess my point is, I don't know who the better goaltender is today. There are much more, there, there's bigger elements to it, which you just yeah. alluded to, but I don't know which guy is the better goaltender. And, and if it's Murray, it's by 10% better or something. So I don't know how much. Well, we could him. see him as early as what uh, Vancouver on Saturday night. That would make sense if, if he is uh, cleared by all parties involved. That's the thing. How many different layers does this have to get through for him to actually get into the game? I don't know. Do uh, the, the with, this, with the chef at MLSE uh, get a word in? A sleep doctor? Let's just say that. I believe 
King Charles has to weigh in officially to the, the final veto power. They're gonna they're gonna send something over to Rome, get some smoke going. Great smoke, he's going. Yeah, I right. just. I, and then when he pulls his groin in the furs, they all look at each other, and go, hey, him, was you. him, not nah. me, not me. It's everyone not with the me. guns standing no, pointing no. at each I, other. I, I think you had the last <laughs> nod when you said, "Yeah, he's good to go." Don't so, look at me. Uh, who signed this guy? The cooks are assembling to the kitchen yeah. to make this decision. So yeah, I think. I agree with Kipper. I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I'm an idiot, but I would be, it's way too early. It's way too early to be putting him back in. It's a rush. Not a doctor. (laughs) Feels like a rush. But you do play one on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Yeah, sometimes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Gord Stellick will get his thoughts on the goaltending situation. Nick Robertson, what's going on with him? We will get his thoughts on on where's that secondary scoring going to come from. Just... Just waiting. Sonic the Hedgehog looking at his watch style here. All right, Sammy, go for a pee break. We're back after these words. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Most favorite guest? Just He's the favorite. Is he the favorite? Uh, quick review. I don't know. Yeah, I We've think so. Gretzky, uh Rick Tockett's good. Tockett's really good. But, you know, Tockett and Gretzky... They wouldn't do our show from a dog pound, <laughs> dog pound, or or his or their laundry room in the house. No, Gord would. Gord would do it from anywhere. He's anywhere. Like, he's like you would eat green eggs and ham. He's in the world is- Gord Stellick. <laughs> Where are do you? Do I get Gord? invited? Do I get invited to your party, Kippy? Please, please, please. Um, okay, I I'm not there this moment, but I did trek back to the old roots at Don Valley Village. Peanut Plaza, great memories there. Remember stores like Boo Boo's that had uh, p- the clothes yeah. that were had a little Boo Boo on them and consumers distributing where you signed the paper and you got your football with a T. It came out on the uh, set there. So that's uh, I did went back to my roots today, Don Valley Village. Wow. Did you get a meat Peanut patty? Plaza. Did you get a meat patty? I, no, I did not this time. I always it used wasn't to get a meat, meat patty, patty place at the Peanut Plaza. Yeah. And it's it came, good. It's it came good. out of this little toaster. Where it could have been in there for a month and a half. I had no yeah. idea. But if it was yeah. warm, I'm eating it. I feel like we always get this like obscure bit of Toronto nostalgia at the start of these hits too, where I'm like, you know, West Coast boy. I'm like, no idea yeah. what you guys are talking about. So go well, you just have to make sure you're close to North York General Hospital when you have that pattern. <laughs> you know, that's all. Make sure you know directions. Yes. Uh always be near some somewhere where you can pump your stomach. <laughs> Listen, seven Days ago, it was like Rome was burning in the city of Toronto over the Leafs. And since then, they've been able to put together seven out of eight points. Is that is that the biggest picture we can take so far? It's kind of fair, Kippy, because that's what's great about our business, right? I mean, uh, the extremes. We know being in the business, you try to avoid the extremes about making any kind of decisions. Uh, as uh, yesterday, people reminded me it was the anniversary of the Russ Courtnell trade. So anyway, there you go. Anyway, uh, the uh, uh, the Leafs, it, it wasn't as... It, hey, 
you know, Kippy, if they lost the Philadelphia game, it was close to being dire. So we weren't wrong in that. Like, St. Louis is dire right now. It doesn't mean they're going to be out of the playoffs. It doesn't mean they can't come back. But eight consecutive losses, like, you know, just in the way they lost last night to Philadelphia, for example. So uh, I, what I give the team credit for, and this time it was against really good competition, is that they, they found their way against, they, they played their best on best. But as we learned last night as well, again, I keep calling it the deep end of the pool. You know, no one's, no, no one's in the deeper end right now than the Vegas Golden Knights. You make any mistakes, they're just like a piranha. That's it. You're screwed. You know, so there's a, the, the, that mental part, you know, the little other things. You know, you, you, got, you got to hammer those down if you're looking to go deep in the playoffs. You know, watching that game last night and watching Mitch Marner pull the puck out of a pile and stick handle in a phone booth amidst Vegas traffic. You know, later in the game, he gets a puck in the slot and throws the little hook pass back behind him. You know, this is, he's an elite player making a difference for a team in a close game. You know, and watching the Maple Leafs for a long time now, Gord, have you ever, has anyone had his skill set, been able to do some of the things he does? He's just such a unique talent to me. So, Justin, this is what's different than a week ago, and I love it. A week ago, he said we were all making their brain shambles and stuff, and everything was about what the hell's going on there, who's upset. Okay, you go out, you play, you have success, and the talking goes on the ice. Two back-to-back first-team NHL All-Star, and you saw his resume with it last night. So, you know, in it's I, I take it, I take it, that, and I, I'm I'm not firsthand with the Dave Keon era, okay? But there's uh, there's an element of that. Keon played a different position, obviously. Uh, I mean, the great wingers, Wendell Clark, Lanny McDonald, uh, whomever, Dave Anderchuk were different style players. You know, right. they weren't all through Leafs through and through in that. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing um, our Patrick Kane, right? You know, in, uh, in uh, Toronto, getting that kind of, that kind of player. No, I haven't. And uh, that play, that game last night, Justin, that, or the last couple, you, you've seen like Mitch Marner just do his talking on the ice. Not that he ever had to prove anything, but just what an elite player he is. And the other part I like, what we were concerned about last week, and Kippy said it, like, you know, Kippy, you've been there about when confidence becomes an issue for a guy like Justin Hall. And to his credit, you know, he still has some shaky shifts puck handling-wise, you know, but he's gone out there, TJ Brody as well. But, you know, Hall's gone out there, done things like block shots, done a lot of other things. And to me, that's the key thing because this is a guy that you're on the verge of of really kind of losing. When you, when you think about historically, Gord, playmakers for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I got to think Doug Gilmore probably yeah. would have been over the last 40, 50 years, a guy that you could say him and Mitch in terms of pure playmaking, like his no look pass to Lilligren la- last night was an absolute thing of beauty. Like I do recall Doug Gilmore having that type of vision on the ice. Uh, if I go back to Daryl Sittler, I think there was uh, one year he probably had 60, 60 assists, but it's, it's um, Mitch Marner's, the vision of Mitch Marner's, they don't come around very often. No, no, you're, and you're right about Gilmore. You're right about Gilmore. And, you know, it's funny part is Gilmore, it was his third stop, right? He'd been in St. Louis and Calgary, so it was kind of different, unlike Mitch Marner that was homegrown again, different positions. But you're right about, uh, man, you know, like, and, and those are the players that are fun that you kind of fall in love with their style of plays, right? It's just so beautiful to watch. It's like, it's like a, 
it's like an orchestra. Not that I'd go watch an orchestra play, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, and 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 so Marner and Gilmore, and again, Gilmore was such a short time, and he, you know, before he'd started off as the number three center on St. Louis, he would played a checking role, really, you know, behind uh, you know guys like Sutter and that. So anyway, uh, I, uh, I I think that's a good comparable, okay. but it's just very few players have it. It's going to lead me back to something that I've said a few times on this show, where. Sometimes Sammy and JB look at me like I got three heads. But Marner is the purest playmaker on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're all in agreement there? Yes. Yep, I'm in agreement. It kind of drops for me a little bit, and maybe this has something to do with the fact that uh, even strength is an issue still for the Toronto Maple Leafs, is that... Austin is a pure shooter and isn't, in my estimation, up there as an elite playmaker. And Tavares goes hard to the net and, and, and looks for goals, but I don't have him as an elite setup man. So should not Mitch Marner be playing center for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, okay. Okay, that's what – so, anyway, first about the other two, you know, and – I mean, to, uh, like Austin Matthews did make the great pass to Nick Robertson, so it's not like it's not part of his repertoire. But he's kind of more of I'm a sorry, gunslinger. Sorry, three on when three shinny hockey. You're talking about? Well, you know, but he, he's, I said he's more of a gunslinger when he gets out there. It's just great how he kind of can control the flow, go all, all over the place. He's a bigger physical presence, and it's a different style. So, but, but he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not in the dishing of a Connor McDavid or would, would Marner want to. Yeah, I was going to say, why, why is Mitch not playing center now? I mean, most of those guys play center. I mean, everyone everyone that's good as a kid wants to play center and sticks do, at do it. Do you, so. you think if you put Austin Matthews on the wing, it would oh, come on, it, it what are you take, doing? No, no, it would take away, not screw uh, his, You're talking the Hart Trophy winner? I no. I yeah, I can't believe you're talking about putting a six foot three, 230-pound center on the wing. Let's he, put the Vesna Trophy winner uh, uh, at uh, right wing. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to free up a little five-on-five here. That's all. I, I, I if see. If Mitch a, wants to play I center, see, I can. I can see that. You know, have a, drive some, his own line. He's, he's, he's going to bump say? somebody out. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Listen, it's just a a, a theory that uh, they they one, wait one one week it's Mitch playing defense. Now he's playing center. <laughs> I never had like, him on the blue line okay, ever. But some people did. Ever. He's two time back to back first team All Star winger. Austin Matthews is the Hart Trophy, Ted Lindsay Trophy, Rocket Richard Trophy winner at center. All right. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating thought exercise when you build your own lines. And when we did, we we all tried a Marner at center version. At one I, point. I just see a team a little stuck five on five. That's all. Hundred percent. No, definitely looking for something. And one of those guys who they're hoping can break him out of it, Gord, is Nick Robertson. We talked about him a little bit earlier this week. Uh, you know, he gets another opportunity in the top six. It's funny. He's the complete opposite player of Marner. Really, same size, build, whatever. Complete opposite player. What have you seen? Is there? Flickers a hope here? Is it just going to be more frustration for the Leafs organization looking for him to get to take a step? See, Justin, and and you do a good job breaking down the minutia, like whether it's on air or in your columns. And and it was interesting, Sheldon Keefe last night, because he did make some line juggling. A lot of it predicated on, you know, taking Nick Robertson. I guess when you're playing with a one goal lead, he didn't quite trust him or feel comfortable as comfortable with him on the top two lines. And then post game, it it was talked about his youth, and he said, no, no, that's it's not his youth. So there's certain things he's not doing to Sheldon Keefe's satisfaction. And I think we're probably much like we like Mitch Marner. And you got another little guy that's not Mitch Marner but he can score goals has some skills so we all got all get a little excited when we see him out there I, I, I like 
that he's given him some reps on on the top two lines because I think that's you know that's his best fit fit and. Hey, these got like these guys got to start coming. These guys that you drafted and you want to develop from within, you know, that's why Sandine and Lilligren, what an interesting night that Lilligren has two goals but plays actually an ordinary game, but th- there's been there's been improvement on both those players and there's not, you know, you don't have a whack of them coming up on the forwards anymore and so a little bit by default Robertson's that guy, but I I again, you you can't teach skill. And he's he's got that. Well, I shouldn't say you can't teach skill, but I mean, there's just a big natural component to it. So I'm curious the things that, and I would hope that he would embrace whether it's a, a more, you know, again, we think about, see, we're blown away by that uh, three-on-three overtime where he made a hell of a defensive play, right, before he scored the goal. And then actually last night, one of the few memorable plays of him was a strong defensive play as well. So obviously there must be something that isn't meeting to the coach's expectations. So you're hoping, you know, whether you see the extreme like Shane Wright in Seattle, that you kind of grow and learn and get better and start to earn more ice time. We talked before the season started that uh, the feel was that the major changes that the Leafs made on their third and fourth line was going to be a difference maker for them this season. It didn't start out that way, but we got to give a little bit of credit here to to Malgin the last few games, including last night. If I'm not mistaken, going down early, uh, there was a battle about uh, three feet inside the Vegas blue line, and Malgin actually out-muscled Mark Stone on a play that led to Lilligren's first goal. So that, that to me is a, a good sign. Totally Kippy. Totally. I, I just, you know, all of a sudden getting a chance, getting a little identity and, you know, you know, one player didn't fit in and, and was picked up by Washington on waivers, uh, you know, Aston Reese of late, you've seen him get, get a goal and, you know, points, but also just kind of that, that water bug you like has kind of an energy line and, and what he, what he's done in other stops. And, and there even seems to be a, a role uh, for in certain occasions for Wayne Simmons as well. And I, and I like that because I still think there is, you know, that kind of option from time to time. So uh, that, again, when we talk about what a difference seven days makes is uh, another component about it that, uh, you know, from from having three really different lines against Carolina, for example, you know, but Sheldon Keefe's tried a few different things and now these, uh, these uh, bottom lines are kind of finding their legs. How do you feel about the idea that Matt Murray may come back and play some goal? Sheldon Keefe talking about him uh, potentially being ready as of this weekend. Obviously, injury-prone guy, but uh, you want to get an NHL goalie in there. What are your thoughts and where they're at with him? Yeah, well, you, again, it's just was such the way it happened. And, you know, maybe this ends up, well, it can't just be a one-off because he's already on a five-off right now, unfortunately, his last three <laughs> years. So, uh, but uh, if he comes back and is 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 healthy and able to play. That's great. I mean, I, Ottawa Senator fans are still waiting for Dominic Hasek to that nagging groin injury that he never came back from when they had a really good team years ago. That's just always my concern. So, Hey, uh, uh, like w- not even as a Toronto Maple Leaf from pulling for Matt Murray, it's a nice story in that whatever. And, you know, he's got Stanley cup rings, but then he's had some, some indifferent goaltending. He's had health issues and, you know, and Justin, I mean, they need they need one of them to be coming back. I, Sam Samsonov being week to week with a knee thing. Right. I, I mean, is this one of those like Rick Nash's foot injury that was week to week that was three months? You know, I, I hope it's not. But the the other thing you can look at is the waiver wire. You know, some goaltenders end up getting picked up by five different teams because there's just a shortage of them depth wise. But you know, at some point, maybe just a body, just a body. Uh, if you're if you, if these guys are going to be out for a prolonged period of time, but that's positive news. If Matt Murray can play, if he's healthy, that's strike one positively and if he can play well then that's great if he can't then you got a problem
Has Shalgren surprised you, Gord, that he's been able to hold them in in these hockey games, Carolina, and again last night? Yeah, I'll give him full mark, Kippy, because my comment about Shelgren was it wasn't the goaltender that you said, oh, my God, we got to bring this guy up, right? It wasn't, which actually Matt Murray was in Pittsburgh all those years ago when he was playing down at Wilkes-Barre. It just was, okay, your next man up, Joe Walls got hurt. He's another prospect. Everyone's hurt. So, you know, you played okay, but it's not like you say, wow, you got to get so... You got to, you know, you try to seize your opportunity when you get it. And he's certainly not where Jordan Binnington was years ago. But you know, you want to seize it. And I got to say, he's uh, he's played better uh, than I would have hoped. And, and that was, you know, that was a big part of beating uh, two of the three, two two of the three, and getting a point, I guess, of three of the three among probably the three best teams starting the season this year. These past three games. You know, every team when they win a Stanley Cup or have playoff success, you look at their roster and you go, God, they got contributions from that random guy, you know, this surprising guy who they developed or drafted or some young guy who kind of seems to play above their head. Um, Leafs looking for that. And we mentioned Robertson earlier. Rasmus Sandin is the guy who held out slow start last night. He's the, you know, the goat, the negative version of the, the term goat, the way we used to use it on the first goal uh, for the Leafs. You know, do you think it's patience that he's going to find it or have we hit like a snag in development here and this is going to be more of a Travis Dermott situation where it's just never going to come? Yeah, boy, they've had too many of those that are never going to come, you know. But I, I, I'm I'm uh, on the op- – and it's not just being a glass-half-full guy. I just like some positives in him. I, I like the fact he doesn't mind some physicality as well. Maybe that that makes me a little biased because I like that because he's not a big guy and he does. But I, I, I'm seeing – to me, I'm seeing progress. And, of course, uh, what's the ceiling? Because if this is it right now, the ceiling, then you know that's not really a that's not really a, a high level NHL defenseman at all. But right right now, I'm I'm willing to stay the course with Rasmus Sandin. Hey, Gord, one more before we let you go, and and that is now here we are almost uh, what 14, 15 games into the regular season, and Michael Bunting's got a little bit of the Nick Ritchie thing going right now, where you're you're looking for a spot for him, and. He's been up on the front line. He's been down uh, in the bottom six. Based on what you saw last season, based on what you've seen in the first 14 games, where is, uh, I don't know, Goldilocks here? Uh, Hot, cold, somewhere in the middle? Well, and Kippy, you know, you know that as a player, uh, I mean, let's face it, you're only human, and it's a contract year. And if your contract had been up after last season, you know, you'd be pretty excited. So you got another year at a, at a club-friendly rate, and then, you know, you're I don't know what the big enchilada you're going to hit or not, right? But it's kind of like Jack Campbell, something coming to him later in his career. So, so I, I mean, he I love the fact he sticks his nose into things, is great at drawing penalties, you know, the little intangibles. But again, those aren't the guys that make five million a year, whatever figure you know a guy could be looking at. Uh, so, but I, I do like that part that has those kind of components. But right now, and I think a lot of it was a product of the 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 first line early on you know Austin and that not getting a ton of points so you know by virtue of that Bunting didn't but you're but you're right he's got this he's got this great chance he's he's up there not in business class he's in first class he's in first class on, on, on you know particularly when Martyr and Matthews are together you know on that line and 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 right now I don't want to call it underwhelming because I, I I think that's unfair to him but I understand what the the like the the kind of the word is that when you have to make these tough business decisions uh later and it comes down to money, you're going to say, okay, we don't have to sign him at any cost. The one guy that stands out to me is still a question mark. Um, looking up and down the lineup is Callie Yarncroc. He signed a four-year deal with the Leafs, which is no small commitment, even if the dollars are not huge. 
I think he played nine minutes last night, overskates a puck on the first goal. What's going on here? Is this a guy just looking to find his way with the Leafs? Is he, how's he looked to you so far, Gord? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and, and I was curious that, you know, and, and, and you know how it goes. If you're going to make that kind of commitment, you, you trust your scouting system and you would think the GMs, assistant GMs also, you know, take a serious, serious look at, uh, and again, well, you can say, okay, it's only 2.1 million, which I believe is a figure, but it's four years. And, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's a steady player. That's kind of like when they signed Zach Hyman to four years before that last contract uh, he got with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And uh, and just as we talk about the third and fourth lines, about some positivity there, uh, I would say, yeah, the jury is still out about what is a Kelly Yarncroke. Like, I'm kind of saying, hey, he's going to be, come on, he's got to be third line. He's got to be a guy that, you know, when you get to the promised land, when you get deep in the playoffs, there he is. And two years down the road, when you're still deep in the playoffs, you know, there he is. And those lines become even more important in the playoffs. And uh, so far, as much as it's been a positive week, uh, I don't see it. And again, when the team starts off slow, it is hard finding your way. And, you know, so that would have included him. So uh, it's getting to the point, though, where he better, you know, he was better find a way to find his way. Gordon, we're going to let you get back to your laundry. Uh, do you want anything from the Brewers retail here, Kippy? <laughs> I want one of these toaster meat patties, boys. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think, I think they, have a, they have a case of Carling Red Cap, too, so I'll get that for you, Kippy, okay? You're the best, Gord. <laughs> All right, Stelectricity. Okay. Thanks for See joining. See you guys. See you, Thanks, Justin. Bud. So, Young Croc, it would have been one of those where four teams are offering them. Three by three. Three by three. And one of them goes, and we'll give you a Four years. Mm, yeah, I guess my math hey, is bad and on that. that but... Is yeah, you know if if it's uh, if it's one thing that Kyle can be accused of in his run as general manager, yeah, is that he was never not willing to overpay. Yeah, and, but not and, typically and guys a, like this. Do- not UFAs. And, and a, a Doug Armstrong will, and I know he's struggling right now, but he will die on the hill that he he's on that he will never overpay yeah and i i think typically though kyle has not like you know who do you sign ufa tj brody great contract that's been wonderful for the leafs you know those ufa deals typically are have been pretty successful this one is still i like the idea of cali Yarncrock. Third line guy making $2 million, veteran experience, do the right things, defense, dump it in, can shoot it in the net sometimes, in theory. But in reality so far, it's been a lack of, you know, the old, what would you say you do here? There's no energy. There's no, his lines consistently have been the worst line. Whoever's on Yarncroc's line, that line has struggled. What would you say? I, you, do. you do here. You know, I haven't hated him as much as everybody else, but I see all the things that make him good, but he just hasn't played. You know who I've got more of an appreciation this year hmm. is Kasha when he was in. Oh, yeah. And just he worked. We well, always worried about the next hit, and you knew that it was coming. Yeah. You just knew, like, this guy can't stay healthy. Kasha was, was he, like eating McDonald's. But You're like, well, he, this is happening. Uh, I love it. Uh, He's getting head long first. Long term, this is but, bad. But, but he he was a heavy guy for me. A guy that could sure, he was the, push yeah. pace yeah. and get to the net. Yeah, he made people go, oh, I got to defend this guy. I got to yes. deal with him. He's here. He's around. He's, He's... I wish Yarncroc had a little bit of more of, of Kasha 
when he was healthy. I just feel like that is never going to happen. No, I know that. And maybe, that. and again, this is, I don't have a ton of experience at watching Kelly Yarncroft closely. Maybe there's more to him than he has shown so far. New contract, pressure, big market, team hasn't been great. You know, different line mates. Maybe there's more coming. But yeah, so far. So, uh, before we go to break, I just want to pick up a little bit on the bunting conversation, guys. Uh, two goals, four assists in 14 games. We knew he finished last season with 65. What are your expectations for the rest of the season? Where can he get to? I, I think we're all safe to say that he won't get to 65. Well, you think there's still a chance? You know, last year he scuffled a bit, and then they moved him up with Martin and Matthew. Remember, I said, I just said, all these headlines overlap. They moved him up some point. He was 63 last year. 63, and he found his way with that line. And Keith said in recent comments about Bunting that, you know, you may, you know, I, I don't think it'll be long before he'll be back there. We're looking, whatever he said, it was like he's going to get back so to you, that. So you spot. think there's a chance he can he can still get 55, 60 no. points? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't I in my heart. It. No, but I see how the timeline is there. Yeah. How he could play with that top just, line. Just quit screwing around and just put him back on that top line. Because Kerfoot's not the answer. Like I, I love Kerfoot. Nah, Ker- I'd rather have Kerfoot there. So, oh, so you, so you can beat it into a square when it comes a perfect pass to him, like it did four times last night. Like he doesn't think on that level with those guys. No, Bunting that's not his role. It, but he doesn't. But Bunting can shoot it in the net at the right period of time. To me, he Kerfoot taps is it into the, the net by being Kerfoot, in the right place. Kerfoot is the last guy on the team I want that last puck year, landing on his stick. A lot of things. No pure finish. A lot of things went right. Yeah, you're right. right. A lot of things. So out of those 63 points, how many were five on five? Well, they almost all. Most. I don't think he touched the power play. 58. Like that's a math. I wonder if that was league wide. Even strength goals. Points. Points. Points, Sorry. (laughs) 58 (laughs) even strength points, which I think had him tied with Connor McDavid. Woo. (laughs) I can't be right. No way. No, I'm not having that. Go, go find (laughs) it. All right, I'm on it. I'm on it. I got got research. Now now that I'm thinking about it, it is not impossible. Even strength points last season 58 for Michael Bunting. Wow, that's way Tied for sixth in the league. You think that's happening again this year? Yes. I don't don't have it that high. I've got it at, uh, (laughs) what is he here? 20. Second, 21st or something with big, big names, though. Yeah, Rantanen, Barkov, Kadri, Miller, Tarasenko, Ovechkin. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Big names. Yeah. Big names. Okay, we'll try to get more research. Justin will find it for us but after the break. 78. You had 78? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Close. EVP, right? Okay. Even strength points. Am I doing that right? Yes. Are you sure? First in the league was Goudreau with 90. 90 even strength points. Yeah. Is that good? Seems good. How many has he got this year? He's in Columbus. He Does he exist still? He <laughs> you know what? Can I just say, the Johnny Goodrow thing, he chose to just not have to hear from people like us. He just wanted to go away and get paid. Don't well, care you know, if you win. You know who's going to talk about it? It was Ryan Leslie. Oh, brilliant. We got him after the break. God, we... Does a terrific job on Sportsnet covering the Calgary Flames. We'll get into what, what, what happened to their season. This was the... The summer of George for uh, tree living. They're still good. Okay. We'll We'll get into that more. Thanks for sticking around, everybody, and listening. Real Kipper and Born, back after this. 
everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Just waiting on Ryan Leslie, host of Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet, based out of Calgary. We're going to take this show a little out west, JV. Good, good. There's an interesting team there to discuss. Well, just the hype mm-hmm. in and itself. Uh, just think about, like, the low of what had happened with... Johnny Goudreau and yep. Matthew Kachuk and how it turned real quick. And, you know, it's interesting to see some teams struggle and someone's, you know, including us, and we've done it. Everybody does it. How do you get help? Who do you, Who's out there? Like, you just don't see trades like a, a Florida and Calgary mm-hmm. uh, that, that moved Kachuk out and brought in Huberto and Uyghur. Uh, they just don't happen very often. And I think the... Uh, at the core of the discussions of did the Flames get better or not, which has, was had a million times after the trades. Did the Flames improve? How much? You know, maybe not. The point was they were going to be about the same at worst, right? Like they didn't take a step back. And if they did, it was just a little one. Had 111 points last year, won the Pacific Division. This is a team that felt like maybe the floor's 105 and the ceiling's a president's trophy. Like I think expectations were extremely high for this Flames team. Vanacek uh, made 33 saves last night for New Jersey, dropping the Flames to their sixth loss mm-hmm. in a row. And you know what? The Flames played well. It was uh, back-to-back for them. They'd did played you do the game last night? I did, yeah. The Flames came out and pumped them physically. I mean, Kadri ran over uh, something called Zetterland and did the AI over Ty Lue, the step over like a basketball player was awesome. Um you know, they came out flying. They only gave the Devils 20 shots. The Devils lead the league in shots per game. Just some nights, you know, it's hockey. And so when they desperately needed things to go right, the Devils have everything going their way right now. Should have won the game, didn't win the game. Now it's six in a row. Well, we'll hopefully get uh, Ryan Leslie on. Uh, Sammy is tracking him down. Uh, you want to talk about Evander Kane a little bit because a real ugly incident last night yes we can do that while we're in the province of alberta alberta uh yeah made me super uncomfortable to watch gross awful had surgery last night yeah uh the feeling is that uh it was a success i think calgary or uh, edmonton is saying probably in the vicinity of three to four months that he'll be out so you assume that uh tendons were involved i am not confirming that i'm not saying that i know but that is the tendency with something like that the tendency yeah no not time for jokes sorry no um (laughs) i'm I'm a professional i know i know i know i just i couldn't sorry something like that i I don't think it's a given that uh Mm. you know he'll be back i you hope that he can heal yeah but some of sometimes when you're talking about and again I'm stipulating, or not? I'm not stipulating. I'm telling you, I don't know yep. what the injury was, but if in fact we are talking about tendons, that could 
take up until six months to heal. Yeah, it happened to my dad playing a King's practice. His glove fell off, and uh, Phil Sykes skated over his uh, his wrist, and all the tendons sort of recoil. You got to go in there and pull them back out and reattach and try to make sure your fingers are working again. And it is no small uh, repair job and no guarantees with anything like that that it just works the way it did before. You think you got to revisit this whole thing about... Uh mandatory higher gloves or I think ever wear the gloves my dad's era wore or, where they're up to your is this are, are we in the I don't know grandfather stage of visors where yeah. uh, can you tell somebody that's worn equipment a certain way for three quarters of their career I think uh, you can. tell them you gotta do this that the other thing yeah I think yeah. you can I think you pay an employee and if our boss comes in here today and says, you got to wear headbands now. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I hate headbands. But I guess I'm wearing a headband. Like, you know, that's your, I think your boss has say over stuff like that, particularly protective equipment at work. Um, you know, there's Kevlar wristbands you could wear, I assume, probably. I don't know. I, I, I think I would wear them. Everyone should wear rollerblades on the ice and they'll never happen again. It just happens, what? Once every couple of years, once every four or five years, I feel like it's way less likely to happen than yeah. something bad to your face happening, right? Yeah. Is that true? Or is Outcomes, you, looking at me like I'm wrong? I mean, no. it happens just on smaller scales, you know, I just, regularly. I just remember that whole thing about visors. and Did you ever not wear a visor? I wore one in junior and then I took it off in pro. You never wore it in the NHL? Maybe, a Maybe to protect so. a broken nose or... Yeah. Uh, you know, a cheekbone, but no. But there was that stigma, and I'm not. Yeah, oh, guys not, who did uh, wear one. Scared to admit that yeah. uh, you know tough guys don't wear them. Yeah, you didn't want to be soft. Yeah. And remember here in Toronto, Sammy Matt's on off on off. Yeah. He hated it. It fogged up. Yeah, I hated wearing it, but yeah. So in the summer, I used to not wear it. You know, just playing summer hockey and doing all that stuff. Best feeling uh, in the world. It's great. It's great. So I'm, let's say, I don't know, 19 years old. I'm playing junior hockey. I take it off in the summer. And my my sweet mother was like, you have to wear a visor. You're ridiculous. I'm like, I got no money. I'm in junior. She's like, here, here's $80. Go get one of those nice visors. You know, go put it on your helmet. I went and bought a basketball. I didn't do it. That day, I played three-on-three with Mike Ridley. Do you ever play with him in Washington? Yes. Yeah, so we're playing three-and-three, and and I'm behind the net. tin man. And I pass... Is that his nickname? I don't don't know. know. I I pass it out front to... I feel like there's more No, he had a heart. Okay, Okay. he had a heart. (laughs) I think it's because he kind of looked like him, I think. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, I'm I'm playing with Ridley. Sorry, Rids. I pass the puck out front of the net. And he one-times it in summer shinny as I'm behind the net standing there <laughs> square in my nose. The day my mom gave me money to buy a visor shattered my nose. I still got a like, bunch of stitches. So uh, from that day on, I never uh, took the visor off. Visor for the rest of my life. I'm going to a cage soon, too, because I'm 40 this winter. Isn't there uh, talk about, I don't know whether it came through Hockey Canada or not, but major junior hockey going to full cages? No. What? You I'm never, going to full cage. That's that? not no, and that's do you, you full cage it or visor? I'm not. I, I don't full know. Cage. I don't know where yeah, it's through, but I think it. I think there was some talk about, and we are talking about a development league to the NHL, but putting cages. Yeah, which is on why they should full, use it. They play in the NHL. 
If you're the NHL, Sammy, the last that, thing you want. See if there's want, anything to it. Okay. The last well, thing you want is players to be less identifiable. It's, it's a major know, issue in the NHL. I know, but we're not talking. They don't care about that. They care about uh, insurance, uh, paying premiums, and people staying safe. Hell with the kids. Make, um, make more of the visors. I wore a half visor for a long time, and then I... Took a puck in the face, and I was like, that's good. I I'm heard good. you were a half cage. Is that true? I have, did I say that? No. I, I just, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not Herb Ragland over here, buddy. I'm not a half cage. Um, you don't think we'd ever see politicians or people pushing for full cages on NHL players. Oh, oh. I can see it for sure. Why? I don't know. Safety. I'm, I'm back to safety. But the, like, no, we all get to make decisions not. about our own safety. And I, I think, think. And, in, well, I guess we're back to the cane thing and risks. But we're also we're also back to an insurance thing too. Yeah, those contracts probably cost quite a bit to insure. I imagine. I'm not having much luck here on my Googling. Okay. Right. Uh, my Googles are not great. I'm like, full cage OHL maybe, question mark? <laughs> maybe that question's with Ryan Leslie right now. Yeah, good question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, did, did, where is he? Did he I, blow I, us off? I don't know what happened with him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to throw him under the bus. No, we're not throwing on. him under the I don't bus. Know we love Ryan. Yeah. We do have lots in the news and notes section, so why don't we do the news and notes? Are, are we good with Calgary here? Um, do, where is Jonathan Hubido? This guy was electric last year set a record for wingers mm-hmm. with assists 83 Million. a lot a lot a lot yeah and he's not electric no, now no, he's no battery powered at best no yeah. chemistry yeah is that a chemistry thing strictly yeah that's part of it uh you know i wrote an article yesterday in the flames uh did i mention on the show that they don't pass it like the team yes. just doesn't work with one another which uh, is ridiculous because that's all he did last year. I know. It's a great point. I don't know. I mean, I've never signed a large contract despite my appearance here at Sportsnet. Oh, so you're saying he took the money and he's just mailing it <laughs> no, in. No, not mailing really it in. I'm saying pressure. I'm saying pressure oh, would come with okay, that. good. That you good. would be under the gun to perform and you go to a market like Calgary where it's just the right size that everyone's eyeballs are on. Oh, yeah. a, oh they care here. Yeah, right. Oh, 100%. And I wonder if there is some element. Canadian boy comes home. They care in the market. Let's go. I think, I, think, right. I think Markstrom has to wear a little bit of this too, boys. Now you've seen his numbers this year yeah. so far. 4-3-2-2-9-7-8-9-3 save. Combined save percentage for those goalies is 22nd in the NHL for two, you know, very good goalies by all accounts. That one he gave up to Hishier last night killed me because the Flames were really good. Five hole on the ice. Mm. Just one more thought on Hubert Keep in mind where he was. And then where he was two weeks ago, driving to the rink in a, a in a blizzard, right? Yeah, he didn't <laughs> from, bring his Lambo. From, I don't think from, to Calgary from from a Lamborghini yeah. in Miami to well, I can't see the front of my hood. And is there a more perfect metaphor from Lambo to pickup truck than playing in Florida system under Andrew Brunette and Daryl Sutter? Daryl Sutter is a pickup truck guy. Yeah, He's like, I want you to drive in the ditches and just get straight line. He's like, I like my Lambo around corners. Might be something that said that some guys may need 20 games, 25 games. No, just... be good immediately. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah, it's fine to give him a little bit of a grace period there. But I do think that all these things, it's all very different and stylistically. You know, I look at the way the, the Canucks play and – you know, their coach has a big influence. Like, their top guys are getting points. 
because Boudreaux wants his stars to go, go play, go. Like Petey's, I don't know, Peterson's got 17 and 13 or something. Like he's doing great. How about Bo Horvat? Yeah, what's he got? Second. 12 goals in 14 is he, games? Is he not second to second Connor to Mc- McDavid? Yes, he is currently unbelievable at goal scoring. So they're getting their points, but they're losing because their coach, in part, plays a certain style, right? Go, go, four check. If we're up one, let's go get up two. Yeah, we, we and I'm saying with Uberdo, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was well, not wrong. You've heard Jimmy. Yeah, so that's that could be it in Calgary where Huberto is not playing that style anymore. He is not playing the go get another one style. So just to go back to our cage conversation, we got a text on the text line that said the CJHL is moving to full cages, so one level below OHL. So okay, I, so, so I googled I was on that to something. I googled that, and there's a story from October 30th, 2022, which is not that long ago. Full face shields could become mandatory in December for junior A hockey leagues like the SJHL, which is the which is out west, right? Uh, yeah. So there was something to that. Okay. Then I'm. I was around the edges on that one. That's Thank you to the nameless texter that let me know that. Thank you, texter. You know, I played in the BCHL, and the, I with visors. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I played below that in the KIJHL. That would be the Kootenai okay. International so, Junior Hockey League. So they want in it in by Christmas or it's coming. It's done. It's a done deal. This one says it could be. That's what it says on CBC. This guy, the nameless texter who I'm going with, says they're moving to it. So who do you want to believe? I don't know. But it says like, that they're heading in the right direction. Have to insure? There's no contracts to insure. Why would that league care? Right? Safety, buddy. I... I so you lose your eye, you're you're on the hook for, it's just you? Who's on the hook, though? Canada? Don't, don't we all have insurance? I don't even know. Yeah, I guess. Can't uh, go back to the team and... I don't know. Maybe it is tied to that somehow. But I'm, I'm sure it is tied to that. Why else would they do it? Again, you want your players to be identifiable to the fans, even at that level, I assume? Uh, where do you want to go? Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin face off for the 63rd time in the regular season and both these guys are tied exactly in points 1423 that is bizarre it is that's bizarre it's the perfect word for it like bizarre (laughs) i can't believe that uh how many less games for sid like over 158 less 158 168 less maybe the widest Two full seasons Maybe the widest margin between the two at some point would have been, what, 60 points, 70 points? That Ovi would have been above Sid because Sid had that concussion concussion break. He also had the jaw thing, didn't he? Anyway. And it's not like Ovi's slowed down here, but Sid caught him. Yeah, Ovi has... 255 more goals than Sydney. Like the way they have their points is very different. Crosby, by the way, 900 assists, 900 assists so far in his career. It's pretty impressive, but yeah, they, how they've gone about. It's been playmaker. very different. It's a playmaker. Yeah. He's a center. <laughs> He's also got 523 goals. <laughs> so if who finishes with more points, the end of their career, can you make a case for Ovechkin? I guess is my question. I can. Cause Ovi is, Sidney Crosby's points per game is significantly uh, just, higher at two seasons I'm, less. I'm just watching Ovi the other night, and he's just driving to the net, and he's got, like, guys hanging on his back, and then he's finding ways to just put it through his legs and set up guys. And I know. honestly, I'm watching it, and it's just like, 
What's he? What's he drinking? <laughs> Give me some of that. Stewie always talks about the Russian gas yeah. when he was playing there. Listen, I think there's an argument for Ovi because Ovi will play longer to chase the record. Like, well, how many more years does, does Sid Sid's have? Sid's going to not Tom Brady this thing till he's 43 years old and whatever tells him to go home and stop getting I divorced? Can't, I can't picture it. What does Sid have on his deal? Two, Two more, more years? years? Two more years. Okay. Two more years. He's going to play those out unless for some reason he wants to... If he won another cup, he might retire on the spot. He, he wants to hang out with his buddy Nathan in Colorado. Ooh. They're looking for a centerman. First reported on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Crosby's going to Colorado. On the block. Real Kipper. <laughs> on the block. <laughs> Crosby's on the block. Well, hot take alert. <laughs> okay. Pitt's... Where's Pitt right now? They... Dumps. They're not... Uh, they're not St. Louis by you know, any stretch you don't yet. Play, you don't want to play teams with good players on their roster who are struggling. That's it. Like the the Penguins are not going to be a team that finishes with a four seventeen winning percentage. They are not. So you didn't answer the question, Kipper. Who do you think finishes with more points? Uh, Sam, your point was good. I I think I think Ovi will play until like he he's forty eight. Body parts start falling off. Agree. And I don't see Sid doing that. So my answer is Ovi. Ah, man. I feel like Sid is a little bit like how I feel about McDavid and winning the Rocket Richard this year, which is happening. It's just there's no scenario where he doesn't. He's just going to stay ahead of whoever because he wants to and he can. Sidney, I feel like, is so competitive. I feel like that Ovechkin thing, he's going to play till he has one more point than Ovi and then pack it in. I can't. I don't know. But Pitt... And Wash were two teams for probably a year and a half were saying it's coming close to an end here. Meaning that Yeah, we're there, buds. Are we there? We're bud yeah, like, I mean we're four, six and two well, and six, not, six and two. That's not a good thing Negative for, goal for differential uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke nope. who just bucked up on Malkin Everyone. and Latang. So yeah. if if it if we're there, where where does Pittsburgh uh, go to, like, not rebuild, but what, what's the term outside of rebuilding? Oh, retool. Retool. I'll retool you. Hey. Is that yeah. Christmas vacation? So, ah. not, you can't go back to Malkin. You just signed him. And, this is- and Latang fought like crazy to get his money and stay. Should get like one Mulligan contract where it like is, comes off the con the cap, but you still have to pay it out. Is Sid okay just hanging out there if it doesn't get any better? Here's another question: Do you think they've both won their last cup? Yes. No. No. Almost definitely no, because Nick is taking us down a road right now do you envision, where he's trying to put them on different do, teams. Do you, you envision Sid signing a new contract after two years? with Pitt and just playing uh, babysitter for some young kids. No. I just picture him I going. Don't I just picture him being done. See, I see him handpicking like most of the star players. Gretzky, go on down the list, that they'll take a couple of more cracks at winning a cup before shutting down. You know, 
Crosby's greatest attribute might be his competitiveness. And so it's really hard to see him doing, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but doing what Ryan Getzlaff did and just saying, I know we're not good, but I'm just going to hang here and stay here. You know, I don't see Sid doing that. I don't see Sid doing that either. But does that mean not so much that Sidney goes somewhere else as much as he says, trade for players, trade picks. I'm LeBron in LA, trade everything to be good while I'm here. The the tug of war for Sid will be the fact that he knows he can still do things at a high level. Oh, so he won't want to be the guy scoring nine times. Well, it would mean that if I got a chance to win another Stanley Cup and and still be the guy that I've been since the first time I put on skates, then I'm probably willing to go do that somewhere else. But if I stay in pit and still hit those high levels, and I'm still not close to a Stanley Cup, then I'm wasting mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's another question for you. I didn't know I was going to have so many questions about this, but this one came to my mind as well. How much does it matter to both of them to be the guy that plays on the same team their whole career? You know, I was thinking about that while Kipper was just talking. Because I think um, that definitely matters. But I, I look at superstars who have gone on to play other places. When you've been that good in one place, it doesn't go away. You no, know, it doesn't. You're no less important to the franchise. You're no no less of a superstar. He's going to have that in Pittsburgh, even if he spent two years in Colorado with Nathan McKinnon at the end. You know? Like, I, I don't think it detracts but from I, anything. They would I, understand his competitiveness. I got people that I, I, I played against in, in my era and and, co- and covered them, and I still look at, like, Rick talking, I'm like, I don't remember you a Boston Bruin. Like, I can't no. even I, – I couldn't even picture one game. Brett Hall was an Arizona Coyote? All of it. Like, you can sit there and go, no, no, no. Brett Hall, St. Louis. Yeah. I'm not remembering him in a Arizona. <laughs> no, it never happened. Phoenix, Jersey. And that would be Sid. You'd never think about it again. I'm assuming we have. Yes. I can <laughs> hear like, Do you want to talk to Ryan Leslie? <laughs> Yes, hundred percent. We want to know where the hell you been. <laughs> Just we're gonna get him on the phone. We're gonna ask him where he's been. Mm-hmm. He's gonna answer us. Okay, and then we're gonna say thanks. <laughs> and then we're gonna let him go. It's been, it's been a nice show. Yeah. <laughs> we still have topics too. Well, I want to hear. I want to hear what it's like having a seven-game losing streak and having Daryl Sutter behind the bench. Ooh. That's what I want to hear. That or my Ryan O'Reilly takes because all the above are coming. What do you have on Ryan O'Reilly? Uh, UFA? Yeah. 12 games, two goals, zero assists, yeah. minus 12. Is that good? No, it's not. <laughs> no. At least of eight days. <laughs> There's Daryl. <laughs> there he is. Uh, so you got Ryan O'Reilly going somewhere? Uh, you want to how he's playing right now? Oh, I would trade for him in a heartbeat. Oh, now I'm putting him in a Leaf jersey. Here it goes in my Come brain. Come on. <laughs> Here you, he goes. I He's don't available. Care. I don't care. This guy's a winner. Need another and center if I like can that, buy him cheap. Get him at half price at the deadline. Okay. All right, I'm making it work. Are we Are we writing off St. Louis? Here's what I don't know. Do we have him or do we don't have him? And Sammy just having a phone call back there. So. Leave Sammy alone for a second. All right. Because well, we have an O'Reilly clip. Are you? Are you? 
Okay. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how are you guys? Well, you tell us. We're, well, we're, listen, we're, I want to set the scene, and I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to say, listen, boys, I'm at the Erie Pub in Dorchester, Boston, and uh, the very pub that uh, Ronald Reagan and... Uh, Bobby Orr? Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe where I'm at. And uh, we got the guys like... Uh, Kevin Hayes Sr., who uh, his kids grew up just down the block. And we're here with Kevin Hayes Sr. We're having a couple of cocktails and uh, a lot of laughs. And I'm going to say this, boys. Awesome. Boston been very good to me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought about a f- many different reasons why you were late, but I, the, the, the top of the, my list wasn't you're drunk. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm in transition, boys. Good. I'm just here to uh, Good, because... say, listen, let's bring, if you're going to go live to some place, I always believe, like, let's just get you there. Let's bring you there to the very town, the very, thank you. Hey, good Irish hair, by the way. Good night. We'll see you soon. Um, we're just going to bring you there live, and that's what matters to me. It's uh, it's early here. Uh, we're going to go to the Celtics game a little bit later, but tonight uh, it's all about like the Hayes. Like I'm literally down the street from the Hayes boys who grew up, and uh, we're in their place where Ronald Reagan and uh, Clinton and all presidential figures grew up. This is fantastic. This is Boston. And I'd love to bring you here via FaceTime if you if you guys feel creative. Well, now that you've indulged in truth serum, um, what's going on with Daryl Sutter? How is he handling this losing streak? Well, he's not happy, gentlemen, and nor is the team. And uh, this is a... Uh, a situation where they know they're better and they're not getting the results they want. And uh, truth be told, uh, it's not sitting well with anyone. However, his methods and the team that he has in front of them, thanks to Brad for Living, are mentally tough enough to know that uh, we're going to work through this. And that's the that's the sentiment. That is the uh, the thought that you know these are tough times and. You know, and I think in your market, you know, tough times come and tough times go. So we're going to work through it as in, according to players. So we'll see how it works. But there's a lot of work to be done. It's thankfully still early for the Flames fan base. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done. And there's a, there's a sentiment right now that is legitimately not happy. And it's, it's tough right now. So it's a, it's a good question. And it's a, a really tough time for this group. Yeah, just waiting to you know on the the traded players to come through, right? Like Jonathan Huberdeau has not been uh, spectacular now, maybe hurt. Uyghur. Um how have those guys? I uh, have they fared so far, and how has that affected their inability to to get some wins? Wait a minute, is that born? <laughs> yeah, what's in, up? In, what's up? Live and in color. <laughs> Holy cow! Morning. <laughs> what's um, up? Listen. What's up, I love it that you're all intrepid. Um, I think it's great. Um, this uh, this group with you mentioned uh, Uberto, and this is tough because I think a lot of people heard the upper body injury, and then they heard uh, after the game. Wait a minute, he couldn't put his foot in the skate. I'm here to tell you, it might be a double dip, Morning. Yeah. Like this might be a mm. double injury, and uh, you know. 
you don't want to give too much away except for the fact that, okay, your coach is telling you and then the team's telling you. So this is tough. Um, that's a significant blow. Um, and then when you think about where they are right now with the losses and you think about who's not necessarily found that chemistry, you think, oh, my God, how bad can this get? Except for this is a veteran group. This is a group that can be really dialed into what they need to be. And, Borny, I defer to you because you've been, you know, at a professional level where things are either going to go really well or really sideways or a combination of both. And I think that this group is sort of saying, look, we're going to weather this storm. We're going to handle it. We're going to handle Daryl. We're going to handle the losses. We're going to handle everything that gets thrown away, injuries, you name it. It's going to make us mentally stronger, and it's going to make us uh, a little bit better when where it needs to be. However, right now, they're in one, and it's not good at all. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what the group says. We'll see what the group does, because Boston, as we know, is lethal at home, and uh, they're getting ready for what could be their arguably their biggest on paper toughest challenge of their entire year so you've got some losses accumulated what are you going to do to snap out of it maybe boston's the best tonic or maybe it's just the next uh in line as to what could go wrong we'll see all right buddy uh speaking of tonic we'll let you get back to yours gentlemen been a pleasure doing <laughs> business with you. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Good night now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is he enjoying his off day in Boston? Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> fit in a clam chowder just to, <laughs> and, and, and a bun to absorb, <laughs> absorb the beer. Oh, yeah. Where's my hat? Just give me my hat and point me in the direction home. Okay, Sammy, so we know why he was uh, a little late for us. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy's hiding. <laughs> Sammy. Uh, what, did you, what were your takeaways from that in- interview, Sam? What, what are your... Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Ryan O'Reilly. What insight did you glean? Sammy. Yes. Um, we're going to have to put breathalyzers on, I guess. <laughs> okay? Point seven. And it's mandatory that they come on this show. <laughs> okay? Uh, yeah, okay. Great. All right. Want to so, yes. go back to our Ryan O'Reilly? Well, I do think it's interesting that he mentioned so, a potential double-dip injury for Uberdo, but let's... Okay. By the way, did I say the H in Huberdo? I don't know. I always butcher it. All right. Let's go back to O'Reilly. Two centermans I have that uh, in all probability, and I don't know where St. Louis will be by then, but... Mm-hmm could be in new uniforms is Bo Horvat and mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly. Wow, those are giant names. They are. The Horvat thing is... But both pending UFAs, right? Yeah, and the Blues have lost eight straight games, minus 20 goal differential. Like, you know, it's it's really crunch time for them. I mean, in terms okay. of they already gave the coach a, a bump. You know, like, what do you call it? A vote of confidence. But... We were talking the year they won the Stanley Cup. You want to go back and, and take a look at their record? Yeah, is it are... worse? Is it worse now than it was uh, when they were, I don't know, dead it, last in January. January? I know, but this is the thing. Ever The reason it was so impressive they went on that run and then eventually won the Stanley Cup is because it never happens. You know, it never happens. It's like one of those, yeah, they got 
hit in the middle of the fairway by lightning while holding a two iron, but you know, you can't bank on that happening again. It's just, I don't know. Well, that's, that's lightning. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're good. They have like plenty of good players on their roster. They just paid Ty, uh, and Thomas. And that's the future. Yeah. That's the next wave. The other one that might be available is Tarasenko. He's another one that's, and he's looking for big money. The one thing I will say is like Armstrong in the past has not been afraid to make moves, even when they were competitive. The year they won the cup, I wanted to say they traded Shattenkirk at the deadline because his deal was up. I, you know, like he's not been afraid to say, I need to make the right moves for the future of this team. And at three and eight right now, the climb to get back in the division is super challenging. The only reason if you're him, you maybe pump the brakes a little bit. The teams you have to get over are kind of scuffling too. Like, you know, there's four teams in that division, Nashville, Minnesota, Arizona, Chicago, who are not particularly good. You know, they could conceivably go on a run here in November, a good couple of weeks, and make it more interesting. So, you know, when do you say it's too far gone? Who who, who surprised you the most? Uh, because we always had Chicago, Arizona, Montreal. In terms of Ottawa bad teams? is now, what, four and eight? That's surprising. That is surprising. Lost six in a row. Columbus? I don't think Columbus intended to be this bad. They're they're dead last in the I league thought right they, now. I thought they would pull a Chicago. I really did Columbus. Yeah. But I was wrong. Pull a Chicago in what well, way? Well, just be one of those teams that looks like they're a middle of the pack. Yeah. Can hang in there a little bit. Team. Mm-hmm. Chicago, 5-5-2 five, five and two right now. I didn't think they'd be that good, but I do think that will catch up to them. I would say if you look at the bottom of the standings, Pittsburgh in 27th, St. Louis in 31st, very surprising. Ottawa in 30th as well. Colorado being 19th is probably noteworthy. I should sort this by points percentage. Maybe that would make it easier. Little su- not surprised to see San Jose at 3-8-3. Three, and three, Stink. But we are surprised that... Carlson's had a, one of the best starts in, in history for a defenseman putting the puck in the net. Like that's... Trade yeah. him. Trade we him. Didn't really see that happening, did we? Trade him now. Right this minute. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder no. if they can even. No, they no. there's nothing. Nobody gets nobody of that magnitude ever, ever gets traded in November, guys. It's just not happening. I, I got to believe that should change, shouldn't it? Like, no, isn't it? If you no, want to salvage your change. season, don't you need to do it now and not wait till? It, it, you you can think that way, but remember, the salary cap grows the closer you get to a trade deadline. So you get more room, and you have you accrue his, the space you yes, don't spend, and his salary goes as 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 the dollars get paid out by San Jose mm-hmm. means more dollars that you can take on. Those are deadline deals I to see. fit into your cap. You cannot I, fit I that good in. Point. And, and it's, it's not, you know, what was the point I was going to make? Oh, You're I, so thrown off by me I complimenting your point. <laughs> I, th- I, just, I, think I found o- a way to derail. Nick. I think through osmosis, Ryan Leslie's got me intoxicated. <laughs> Secondhand, you know. Um, I can't remember my second thought on 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 Carlson. Why those guys aren't getting traded? Yeah, and and the other one too is that if in fact San Jose 
does not want to pick up. And the only way Carlson's going anywhere is if San Jose makes a huge commitment to pick up 30, 40%. There's, mm-hmm. not, a, there's not a contending team that can even sniff out so his 11 10, 5, million 11, dollar yeah. contract. So can you can you bring it down to 5-5 five, five with yeah. them picking up 50% mm-hmm. or can you invite a a third team to offset more of it and look at Carlson on your payroll for next year at 3 million dollars. Now's the time when I say an insane thing. Is a team looking at Eric Carlson and saying, that's the guy who's going to help us in playoffs? Well, let me ask you again. Okay, forget about salary cap for a second. Could, what, would, what would he look like in a Leaf uniform? I don't know. Is, it, is that the team you're talking about? Well, I'm just... That, does he change everything? He's the Leafs already, isn't he? Like, he he'd be... like the Leafs would be your favorite team tomorrow. Well, it'd be fun to watch. It'd be the favorite. Same deficiencies, right? Like, <laughs> Can he play goal? <laughs> I don't think he can. All right. We're out of here. Our thanks to Gord Stellick, Ryan Leslie. Good effort. Hell of an effort, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back tomorrow, everybody. Real Kipper and Born. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.